We are blessed with a number of uh, talented people, people that are talented here at Trinity in so many different ways and uh, ways that I, I really appreciate. So, for example, we, you know, Dale just let us in song. Uh, Dale's a very accomplished woodworker and just very good with his hands. He's just good at that kind of thing. Um, me less so, okay? And uh, my son-in-law, Phil, you see out ushering all the time. Again, very good. Um, me less so, but I try. So I was putting up a door this past week. I've built a little closet in my basement. And so I bought a pre-hung door. I put the door up. And the door actually works, which is good. Sometimes I put doors in and they close when you don't want them to close. You know what I mean? And they open when you don't want them to open. Uh, this one actually stays still, so I'm praising the Lord for that. And I bought casing, so I'm going to put casing around it. And I'm in my basement, and I bring my compressor in. I turn my compressor on. It fills up. We're good. I take my little bread nailer, and I hook it up to the hose, and I'm loaded with bread uh, nails, very thin kind of wire nails. And I am at the door. I'm holding the casing up. I'm watching the reveal, trying to keep it consistent, trying to watch my marks, trying to keep it exactly where I want to be. I'm thinking, I can do this. You know, I think I can do this, trying to think positive thoughts. And I, I take the gun, and I hold it up against the casing, and I pull the trigger. Nothing. Nothing. And you think, okay, there, you know, I think there might be like a safety in there or something. So you just pull the gun off the wall, that little safety thing. And I'm still holding the casing. I put the gun up there. Here we go. Pull the trigger. Nothing. Nothing at all. So who can tell me what the problem is? Do, do I need to ask an expert woodworker like Dale or maybe somebody else? Anybody want to guess what the problem is? The, other, um, the compressor was on. The compressor ran. The compressor was filled. The hose wasn't hooked up to the compressor. Yeah. And here I am. Guys, what good is a little finished Brad nail gun if it's not hooked up to the compressor? You know, I guess you could grab it and try to pound nails with it, but I don't think that works. You say, Greg, can't you just blow the... No, I don't... You know, the gun runs at 120 PSI, most people can't blow that hard. I'm not, and we're not going there. Okay. So here I am, and it doesn't work. And I don't think they had compressors in the biblical time. I'm pretty sure they didn't have brad nailers. If they did, maybe Jesus would have used my illustration tonight. But he used one that they were a lot more familiar with. We're going through the names of God and we're going through New Testament names and actually titles of the Lord Jesus. And tonight we're looking at Jesus, the true vine. If you're not open already to John chapter 15, that's where we'll spend our time in our devotional this evening. Now, at least you guys are, you know, I'm not, and maybe some ladies too that do basic woodworking. And again, I'm, me building a closet is like, that's, that's a lot for me, okay? And, and just hanging one door is a lot for me. Some of you are very gifted and way beyond that. Many of you are familiar with basics and just living life. You've hung doors, you've built a few closets. If we lived in the time of Jesus, we would be familiar 
living in Israel with grapes. And we would be used to illustrations, and it would be not surprising because in our Old Testament, we have illustrations. Vineyards were common in Israel. People were familiar with caring for grapevines. The Old Testament frequently compares Israel to a cultivated vine that turned against its divine gardener and went wild. And I gave you just a few references I'm familiar with. I'm, I may have missed some, but in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea. So if, if we're Jewish especially, in that time we're used to grapevines all around us and we're used to our Bibles talking about grapevines to make spiritual points. And then we get to the New Testament and what do we read? Jesus is not only the vine, Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true vine, and the Father is the gardener. That's John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my Father is the vine dresser, the gardener. The heavenly Father is the one who would be taking care of the vineyard. Jesus is the vine, and I think more of trees, so the vine would be like the trunk of the tree if you want to think of it that way, okay? So number one, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Number two, what does the vine dresser, gardener, capital F, father do? Well, two things are mentioned in this text. He takes away fruitless branches and he prunes fruit-bearing branches, making them more fruitful. So that's what the vine dresser does, right? You go for a walk in your vineyard, and you're looking at your grapevines. And here are branches, no fruit at all. Well, you're going to remove that, and you're going to discard it. And then you're looking for the branches that are bearing fruit, and you take out your pruners, and you're going to prune those because you want them to be even more fruitful that's verse 2, right? Every branch in me, Jesus, that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So we have in our mind, there's a true vine. That's a picture of Jesus, the father, the gardener. The father walks through the vineyard and he focuses on those two things removing the branches that have no fruit, pruning the branches that have fruit so that they could be more fruitful. Number three, why is Jesus saying this? Obviously, it's not about agriculture. He's making a point. We are commanded to abide in Jesus, resulting in fruitful lives. Breaking that down to a couple of simple points. First sub-point, we are commanded to abide in Jesus. The word abide is the word um, remain or continue. So just think of it like that. We are commanded to continue in, to abide, to remain in Jesus. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. One translation puts it, abide in me, and they add the words, just as I abide in you. Maybe the idea there. So continue in me, remain in me, abide in me. That's the command. We, as followers of Christ, we are commanded 
to abide in Jesus, all right? Second sub-point, we cannot bear fruit unless we do abide in Jesus, right? That's the second part of verse 4. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. And again, it's obvious, but just to make sure we get it, if you took a branch from a grape plant and you broke it off the vine and you brought it into your home and you put it on your kitchen counter, you wouldn't be going, hey, honey, look at all these grapes, right? We keep getting new grapes. You know that wouldn't happen. Let's go back to my illustration. If that hose, the other side of the hose, the air hose, is not hooked up to the compressor, I can pull that trigger on my little Brad gun all I want, and I can't drive any nails. You have to be hooked up to the compressor, or as the vine branch illustration here, we cannot bear fruit unless we abide in the vine. It's our second sub-point. Third sub-point, we will bear much fruit if we abide in Jesus. And it's interesting to me the way he says it in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So I can't do anything, at least in this context, apart from Jesus. Going back to my illustration, I can't put up casing with trim nails, at least with that little pneumatic gun, without that hose being hooked up to the compressor. But if I am abiding in Jesus, what does this say? I bear fruit. In fact, it says I bear much fruit. And you bear much fruit because you're abiding in Jesus. We will bear much fruit if we abide in him. So Jesus, number one, is the true vine. The Father's the gardener, too. The Father takes away the fruitless branches, and then he prunes the fruit-bearing ones, making them more fruitful. Three, we are commanded to abide in Jesus, resulting in fruitful lives. And then number four, the one who does not abide in Jesus is discarded as a fruitless branch. And that's very clearly taught in this text in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, so that's a branch that's not hooked up to the vine. Think of it as a tree, if you will, a branch of your tree, an oak, maple tree, whatever, that's been cut off from the trunk. Anyone who does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. You say, it sounds to me like there's, there's something going on there related to judgment. Yeah, of course there is. Because this is a branch that is not hooked up to the vine. This is a branch that does not have a living, vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no life in that branch. So it dries up. It's thrown away. It's cast into the fire. It's burned because that's what happens to all branches 
apart from a living, vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the one who does not abide in Jesus is discarded as a fruitless branch. But number five, abiding in Christ is related to Jesus abiding in us. And also, I note, answered prayer, because that's part of this text as well. Abiding in Jesus related to Jesus and his words, abiding in us. I see that there in verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So that, just pause on that to me is interesting. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? Well, it said initially, you abide in me and I abide in you. Here it says, you abide in me and my words abide in you. So it's related to the Lord's words abiding in us. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So here is a promise of answered prayer for those that are abiding in Christ. And then I go back to verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. So for us to abide in Jesus is to have Jesus abiding in us. It's to have his words abiding in us. This is what the scripture teaches here about the Lord Jesus Christ. One more point, number six. You say, why does this matter? Many reasons. But the fruitful branch, the branch that's hooked up to the trunk, the vine, in Jesus, and if you're in him, you're fruitful. I mean, he, that's just what he said. And I know we tend to think of, well, there's lots of branches that are hooked up that are not fruitful. I'm just saying Jesus would disagree with that. The fruitful branch glorifies the Father and proves he is Jesus' disciple. So that branch that's hooked up to the trunk, the vine, that branch will bear fruit. The Father will be glorified and people will say, that branch has life. That branch is hooked up to the vine. Hey, this brad nailer is plugged in. I mean, I'm shooting brads, and it's boom, 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 and my casing's going up. The evidence is clear. It's hooked up to a compressor. That's verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so proved to be my disciple. So the first phrase, my Father is glorified. When we, as followers of Christ, who are abiding in Christ, bear fruit, that brings the Father glory. We bear this fruit. Notice the word, much fruit. I thought you were a Christian. I could tell. I mean, people who know you know you're a Christian. You have a fruitful life. And again, you say, well, what about the people that are Christians, but they're just not bearing fruit? Um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you're going to have to ask Jesus about that because he's not aware of them. The text says very clear, when you abide in Jesus, you bear fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. But it's not like I'm the one out there cranking it out. You know, I'm the guy who thought I can put this casing up, but I couldn't because I had the casing. I mean, I had the cuts made. The brads were in the nailer. I had this side plugged in. The compressor was turned on. It was filled. Everything's ready to go except it wasn't connected. See, apart from Jesus, 
we can do nothing, but as we abide in Jesus, we do bear fruit. The Father's glorified, and we prove that we are his disciples. Our former pastor, Dr. Custer, used to say it in somewhat different words, but many times, Christianity is a living, vital relationship. You have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not like you join a club and get a card. I don't know what kind of organizations you may join, but you might join a political organization or some type of whatever, club, and they give you a card and you stick it in your pocket and you say, I'm a member, okay? And you might say, I never go to the meetings, I never pay the dues, I never even think about them, I could care less about them, but I got the card, I'm a member. And, and, and our former pastor, Dr. Custer, would remind us, that's not Christianity. Christianity is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You abide in Him, and through Him, you're bearing fruit. The Father is being glorified, and you are proving that you are His disciple. Let's pray.